nervous enough preaching. Something else I got to know. Alright, we'll clip this on. <clears throat> so, like I said, obviously, you know, our focus is not going to be on evil fellowship, and that's not something that the Christian thinks about. Is this on? Okay. So, but, but we need to be mindful of it. 
Um, just as uh, our, our brother was talking about this morning, those side effects of sin. We need to be mindful of what it is so that we as Christians know how to avoid it. Look right here in verse number 6. 1 John chapter 1, verse number 6 says, If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, our walking in darkness causes evil fellowship. And God is a God who has no relationship with sin, so obviously God is not going to have fellowship with us. But ultimately, doing things contrary to the will of God causes us to have evil fellowship with man. And so, you know, it's just like uh, in the scriptures where in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse number 15, uh, it says, study or be diligent. To show yourself approved unto God, a workman needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, or rightly discerning the word of truth. If there's a right way of discerning, a lot of times people don't think about it, there's also a wrong way of discerning. And we, we have many religious friends in the world who, who actually do that. And like when Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse number 15, he says, if you love me, Keep my commandments. Well, we, we all think about the love part of that. But what Jesus is also saying is if you don't keep my commandments, well, then actually what you're showing is you don't love me. And see, people don't think about that. And so as we see the world around us and we see people not doing the will of God or not doing what God has commanded, ultimately what they're saying when they do those things is, I don't love Jesus. And so... You know, we have to be real about that. And we have to recognize that when I, as, as our brother talked about, when I fall out with God, when I don't do the will of God, when I fall short of the, of the glory of God, we actually show that we don't love Him. And our desire is to show that we do love Him. And Jesus wants us to show that we love Him. Uh, Jesus said when He was here, and I, I mentioned this morning, God didn't send His Son into the world to condemn the world. To save the world, that the world through him might be saved. And so our desire is to do those things that are pleasing to him. And I, I just want to point out a couple of scriptures because I really want to get into the meat, which is the Christian and divine fellowship. But again, so that we recognize, be aware of it, so that when it approaches us, or when it comes into our lives, we know to stay away from it because this is what's displeasing to God. You're probably, most Bible students are at least, 1 John chapter 2, if you just turn over one chapter, we see that John shares with, with the early Christians. And you notice John oftentimes wrote, I write these things unto you. I write these things. The purpose of him telling Christians for not only them in the first century, but for us today, is so that we know these things. We know what God expects of us. And so in 1 John chapter 2, verse number 15, talks about evil fellowship. He says, love not the world. See, if you love the world, then you're in love with fellowship that's contrary to God, which is evil fellowship. He says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passes away and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. 
So we have to be careful. Of, and that's not to say that we can't have friends in the world. But the key is, just like people say, oh, money is the root of all evil. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. Because we know we need money to sustain ourselves in this life, to, to be able to, to get the things that are necessary, food, clothing, and, and so forth. But it's the love of, and the same thing with the world and friends in the world. It's nothing, it's nothing wrong with being out in the world, but don't be of the world. Don't love the world. Don't love to do the things that the world does, because ultimately that becomes evil fellowship. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, you turn over there, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, we see where the church of Thessalonica, they were, they were having an issue with, there were, there were those amongst them that their fellowship with the saints would appear to be evil. Beginning in verse number 11, 2 Thessalonians 3:11, For we hear that there are some which walk among you disorderly, working not at all, but are busybodies. Now them that are such, we command and exhort by our Lord Jesus Christ, that with quietness they work and eat their own bread. But ye brethren, be not weary in well-doing. And if any man obey not our word by the, this epistle, Note that man and have no company with him that he may be ashamed. Yet count him not as an enemy, but admonish him as a brother. And so within that, there were those that their fellowship would be perceived as being evil because they were not doing the things that God would have them to do. And the very fact that God or that uh, Paul would write them and say, you need not keep company with them, he's saying that there's fellowship within there that would be that could be considered evil. And so we have to be careful of that and make sure that we don't go along with that crowd that's doing those things that would draw us away from God. Rather, we want to be with our brothers and sisters. Um, for the men, uh, hopefully most of you got the email, Marvin, is, you know, as a result of our recent fellowship, our potluck out in the park, you know, the men, we're going to try to get together and, and maybe once a month or as often as possible, every other month, whatever the case may be, we're going to try to fellowship, be, encourage one another. And, and that's what fellowship did in the beginning. You know, I always say to myself, how in the world were Christians being added daily by multitudes in the first century when they were literally losing their lives? Paul was killing Christians. You say, how were people being drawn to that group, being added to the body. Fellowship. To know that I got my brothers and sisters with me. They're encouraging me. They're supporting me. We got one another's back. We're following the will of God. We're doing what... It's easier to do that. But when I'm out there all by myself, and it's just me, and someone approaches me, and, you know, there's really no support, it's a little harder. But when I'm in fellowship, when I know that I've got a a group of brothers or sisters that we're together, we're in fellowship and communication with one another, with God, then it's a little easier for me to stand on the will of God. And so uh, we don't want to be a busy body in the church. We want to be an active body. We want to be someone that God will bless our actions. And, and I'm not going to go into Romans chapter 1, but I would encourage you, if you haven't read it, I know most of you are familiar with it, 
um, beginning in verse like 18, going down through verse number 27. There's a lot of activity in there where the things that people were doing were, would be considered evil fellowship. Um, and it talks about homosexuality. And obviously a person that's doing those things that, that creates that characteristic, that's not fellowship that God is pleased with. And so it's not that God doesn't love them as individuals, but he doesn't love the act. And so this is something that we want to avoid as Christians because the fellowship we want to, uh, to aspire to is Christian fellowship and ultimately divine fellowship. Well, as we look at our scripture text, go back to 1 John chapter 1. We see that John is actually telling them that there is fellowship. In 1 John chapter 1, verse number 3, he says, That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you that ye also may have fellowship. He's talking about that Christian fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. Our fellowship obviously was derived through Jesus Christ Himself. Um, you know, there was one thing that I, I did want to point out, uh, just to give you a couple examples of, of the evil fellowship, and then we're going to get off of that. But, you know, there were individuals in the Bible that, that were supposed to do the will of God, but because of their fellowship with others that God told them not to, as a result, they, they did something displeasing to God. And so their fellowship would be considered evil. One, Samson. We know Samson intermingled with the Philistines, and Delilah was not someone that was encouragement to him. Um, we have uh, uh, Ahab. Ahab, when he married Jezebel, she was of the Zidonians, which was not, which was another nation, and they did idol worship. And so we can, through our friendships, get into partnerships which are displeasing to God, fellowship that's displeasing to God, and ultimately that can pull us down. And, and we know that, um, as you know those stories, truly God, um, he dealt with them and, uh, in, in a way that was pleasing to him and let them know um, that he was still in control. And God very well could do that with us to, as well. But as we consider our Christian fellowship, there's plenty of examples in the Bible that help us to understand the sweet fellowship. Sorry. The sweet fellowship. I'm going to try to get this thing somewhere where I don't have to worry about it falling out of my pocket. Uh, There's sweet fellowship that we have with God as a result of doing his will, being with Christians, those of like precious faith, those that have the same interests in mind, that aren't just going out there and, and seeking, you know, uh, what we can get from the world and what we can do in the world, what we can get away with in the world. We want to do that which God is going to bless us and that we can be a blessing to others as a result of our relationship with him. We see that in the very beginning of the church 
In Acts chapter 2, most of you, I'm sure, are familiar with the beginning of the church, the introduction to the body of Christ. We see where after Peter preached that message and told them that uh, you have crucified Jesus and and God has made him Lord in Christ, and there were 3,000 souls that were added to them, when you look at verse number 42, it says, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. Drop down to verse number 44. And they had all, and all that believed were together and had all things common. That's fellowship. You know, those of, we talk about like precious faith. Those that have the same mind, their, their objective, their goals in pleasing God were similar. And it says, not only did they have all things common, but they went to the extent in verse 45 that they sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. They were willing to go the extra mile. That's not a command that God says, oh, once you become a child of God, you sell everything you got and just, and disperse it. No, but this is what they did. This is, this was their way of showing They appreciated what God had done for them and that they were willing to make sure that everyone was in one accord. And so they were concerned truly about their Christian fellowship with their brothers and sisters. Well, at that time it was just brothers, so with their brothers in Christ. Acts chapter 4, verse number 31, we see a similar passage where those that were gathered had all things common. This is the fellowship that is sweet amongst Christians, that when we are in one accord, that our unity, our coming together, it's so encouraging for one another. We may be out there in the world fighting Satan, trying to fight off persecutions and temptations, and, and we all know what comes in our lives. But when we, when we come together, you know, it's just like a car. You go to the gas pump. That car, when it runs low on gas, you got to fill it up. Every Wednesday, we come here for Bible study. We come to the gas pump, the Christian gas pump, to get filled up. We get into the Word. We read as a result of leaving here. We talk and fellowship, uh, 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 understand and get to know our brothers a little bit. We walk out of here feeling good. And then on Sunday, we do it all over again. Getting low on, on spirituality. We gotta come back into the gas pump, fill up again, we get some more of the word, we encourage one another, we feed upon one another, and then when we leave out here, guess what? Satan's gonna, he's gonna try to meet us at the door. But because of that fellowship that we've just had, because of what God has just fed us with, with his word, we're able to face him. Because of that commonality, the unity. Knowing that when I walk out there, I may be single, I may be by myself, but you know what? I got a church. I got a group of believers. I got brothers and sisters that are praying for me, that are, that are in fellowship with me, that are encouraging me so I can face whatever Satan has. And we need that. And you know what? The more, the more we go to the gas, unlike our cars, where every time we go to the gas pump, we hate having to give that man money. Put gas in that car. We come here, we enjoy it. We love to come here. We love to get filled up. We love the additional spirituality, spiritual food we get 
by being in fellowship with our brothers and sisters in Christ. And so we see an example of that in Galatians chapter 2. Paul tells the church, in Galatians chapter 2 and verse number 9, he says, And when James, Cephas, and John, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that was given unto me, they gave to me and Barnabas the right hands of fellowship, that we should go unto the brethren and they unto the circumcision. And so we see that as a result of coming together, we can get, we get the right hands of fellowship. When we have brothers and sisters come from different areas, it's a beautiful thing that when we go on vacation, when we move to a new area, that we can go and find the body of believers that we can come into contact with, that we can start communicating with, fellowshipping with, that we can start worshiping and serving God with, and receive the right hands of fellowship. You know, last week I was at a family reunion. I'd never been to Gettysburg before. Well, because I know Wes, I knew there was a group of believers there. And when we went, it was so good to be amongst them. I was with my family. They're not members of the body. But it was so great to have that time to be able to go and worship God and to meet people that knew Wes. And so we mentioned Wes and, you know, they, oh, wow, well, you know, they, I can tell you some story. No. <laughs> but they had good things to say. They really, you know, they, they, they hated to see Wes come this way. And I'm saying, well, that's our game. Sorry, you're lost. But, but, we, but we were able to go. And you know what? It was like we knew them. It was an extension of the church here. That's the fellowship. That's that Christian fellowship that God blesses us with as a result of being in the body. And we can go to a foreign place, because that was a foreign place for me and my family. But we had fellowship as a result of being with the Christians. We were in one accord with them, worshiping and serving God on the Lord's Day as his word has instructed us. And so we see that there are, there are, there are benefits as a result of fellowship. Uh, a good example is 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 8. We see the churches of Macedonia. They were in deep poverty, but because they wanted to give to the, the cause of Christ, because they loved the Lord, because they gave of themselves, the Bible says, they were in a position, God blessed them to be in a position to give toward the ministry. Let's, let's just read that real quick, because sometimes, you know, we, we have the, the ideology that, oh, well, you know, I don't have, and I'm not working, or whatever the case may be, or, you know, oh, I'm not blessed like somebody else. But God blesses us because of what we do. God puts us in a position to be able to be a blessing to others. And 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse number 1, Moreover, brethren, we do you the wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, how that in a great trial of affliction and abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. For to their power I bear record, yea, and beyond their power they were willing of themselves, praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of of the ministering to the saints. And this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. It's amazing what God blesses you to be able to do when you give yourself first to Him. And then you can be a blessing. 
No matter, you may think you don't have anything, but guess what? You can be a blessing with little. And God blesses us to be able to do that, and he gives us the fellowship of saints, the encouragement of one another to be able to do that very thing. And so, not only do we have Christian fellowship, which is key for us, but because of what God has done for us, we have divine fellowship. Go back to our scripture text in 1 John chapter 1. Wes read it into our hearing earlier. I'll read it again. He says in, in verse number Four, he says, and these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. And then, this, excuse me, this then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness. Drop down to verse number seven. He says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ his son cleanses us from all sin. As a result of what Christ did, we have divine fellowship with God. God is a spirit. Those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth, according to John chapter 4, verse number 24. And so our relationship with God is spiritual, which is of a divine nature. And so we thank God for what he has blessed us with. Turning your Bibles, if you will, to Ephesians chapter 2. In Ephesians chapter 2, Paul explains a little to the, uh, to the church at Ephesus. And, and there's, a, there's a couple passages in here that I'm going to look at. Ephesians chapter 2, beginning at verse number 11. I'm not, trying not to read all of this, but there's a lot that Paul puts in here that helps us to understand the relationship that we have with God as a result of what Christ did. Beginning in verse number 11. He says, Wherefore, remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh, made by hands, that at that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in this world. But now in Christ Jesus... Ye who sometimes were afar off and are made nigh by the blood of Christ, for he is our peace, who hath made both one and have broken down the middle wall of petition between us, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, for to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace, and that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby. And so we see that Christ, because of what Christ has accomplished, there was a time where we had no relationship with God. But now we have divine fellowship with Him through His Son, Jesus Christ. God looks at us, He sees us through the blood of Christ, that pure and perfect blood that was shed on Calvary's cross. And now as a result of that, we... Have fellowship with him. If you drop down a little further, verse number 19. Now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. 
we have divine fellowship with God as a result of what Christ did. Turn over to the next chapter in Ephesians chapter 3, beginning at verse number 8. Paul says, Unto me, who is less than the least of all saints, is the grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which was from the beginning of the world, hath been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ, to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known, might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God, according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. And so we have a relationship with God as a result, again, of what Jesus Christ did. And this was God's doing. And this was his doing since before the foundation of the world. We can read about that in Romans chapter 8. It tells us before the foundation of the world, God predestined how man would be redeemed back to him. How we would be able to have divine fellowship with God as a result of what Christ accomplished. Before one stitch of the earth was created, God set this in order. And Jesus himself agreed to do it. And if we, if we submit to the will of God, we can have that divine fellowship. And so I'll just say, if there's anyone here that is not a child of God, you're living, as someone said, beneath your privilege. Because God has given us the privilege to have a relationship with him, to have fellowship with him through his son, Jesus Christ. And so you're encouraged to do that on this evening if you have not already done so. Well, as a result of that, we also suffer with Christ in in our fellowship, in our relationship. Turn your Bibles to Philippians chapter 3. You know, this divine fellowship that we have with God, it comes with a price. Philippians chapter 3, beginning in verse number 8, Paul tells the church at, at Philippi, Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, from whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dumb, that I may win Christ, and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection." and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. And so we see there's a price to have that divine fellowship. Yeah, we're going to suffer some things. We're going to go through persecution. But if we hold on to God's unchanging hand, one day, all of this will be over. When John, when he received that revelation... He let us know. He said there's a place where there's no more dying. There's no more crying. There's no more tears. There's going to be joy all the time. And you know what? That's worth it. The little bit of pleasure that we have here, it's not worth it. I think our, you know, our brother talked about it this morning. Those side effects of sin. You know, we, we think that, you know, oh, okay, it was good for a moment. But when we really come to our senses, we recognize, you know what? I turned my back on God. And what I just did, it wasn't worth it. What's worth it 
is holding on to what God would have me to do. And, and we see this as we're studying the Old Testament on Sunday morning. We see those kings, as they continue to do evil in the sight of the Lord, God said, that's all right, because I'm going to handle it. I'm going to take care of it. And as, as Paul told the church of Galatians, be not deceived, God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that also he shall reap. And so we, have, we need to recognize that there is a price, but the reward at the end is so great. And we thank God for the fellowship that we have through his son, Jesus Christ. And then, you know, the culmination of it all, Jesus prayed about it. Turning your Bibles to John. I'm going to read a little bit of it because I don't know about you, but sometimes when I read it, it gives me goosebumps to think that Jesus may have been thinking about me when he was preparing to give his life. In John chapter 17, you know, the world says that the, when, when man says, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. They say that's the Lord's prayer. John 17 is the Lord's prayer. Because in John chapter 17, in verse number 1, we see these words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. This is the Lord praying. This is Jesus praying. But I'm not going to read the entire prayer. I know you guys are probably bracing yourself. But I'm not going to read the entire prayer. But I do want us to drop down to verse number 16. Uh, we'll, we'll start at 17. He says, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. And for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also might be sanctified through the truth. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. Remember in Acts chapter 2, it talked about the apostles' doctrine. Well, the apostles' doctrine was the word of Jesus Christ. Remember in Matthew 28, Jesus said, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. And he told them, he commissioned them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel. That's the apostles' doctrine he's talking about. It's just what he gave them to preach. And so here he says, I don't pray for just them. Jesus, he was praying to the Father even for you and I, July 30th, 2017, those that are members of the body of Christ, Jesus was praying that we all may be one in Christian fellowship and in divine fellowship. This is our Lord and Savior. He thought about you before you thought about him. But the beauty is we can read about it and we can see that truly our fellowship is with the Father. If we do his will through his Son, Jesus Christ. And so as I prepare to bring this message to a conclusion, the reality is this is in the world. But that's not what we ascribe to. We ascribe to this and this. The Christian fellowship and the divine fellowship. And if you're here this evening and maybe your life has been such that you've been kind of hanging in this area. You know, there's a lot of people that should be here tonight, but they're not. We don't know why, and some for legitimate reasons, but there are some that have fallen to that third category. And prayerfully, we don't be one of those. But the Word of God encourages us. And as we see, and I wanted to end on this, this scripture, John chapter 17. Jesus was concerned about his fellowship 
with his children. Those who would believe him. To the extent that before he gave his life for us, he prayed to the Father. He said, not just for them, but for those that will believe on their word. We have believed through the Apostles' Doctrine. We have fellowship with one another and with God as a result of the doctrine that Christ gave to the Apostles, which the Apostles have handed down, and now we read about it in the Word of God. If you're here tonight and you're not part of that fellowship, you haven't named the name of Jesus Christ. You have not become a Christian according to Scripture. You can do that tonight. And as I said earlier, you are living beneath your privilege because Jesus died to give us that privilege to have a relationship with him and with his Father, as well as with our brothers and sisters here in Christ. And if you desire to do that, you can make that known tonight. You can be baptized. Someone said, hey, you came in a sinner, you can go out a saint. And that's the beauty of the, 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 the providence of God, the grace that has been bestowed upon us. And if you're here tonight and you recognize, you know what, some of your fellowship hasn't been on par with what God would desire you to be. Some, some, maybe you've been hanging in this realm. Well, you can correct that. If you've already been baptized, that's what the blood of Jesus Christ was for. To cleanse us of our sins so that if we repent of those things, never to do them again, they won't stand and hinder us from going home to be with God in glory. Whatever your desire is, you can let that be known. As together we stand and sing the song that is selected.